Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. God has a purpose, an economy, and if we have ears to hear what the Spirit is speaking, then we can see this plan is centered on Zion with Christ, loved by God in Psalm 87, and Christ as God's anointed to possess the entire earth in Psalm 89. This is Matt Miller with Francis Ball to finish book three of Psalms, which is Psalm 85 through 89. Francis, I'm glad you could be here with me for this program today. I'm very happy to be here. I think we're touching a very marvelous subject, God's eternal plan. Francis, today in our life study, we're going to cover these five Psalms that I mentioned, uh, Psalm 85 through 89, which is the last five psalms in the third book of the entire 150 psalms, in order to enter into the intrinsic significance of these five psalms, we need to realize that the aim of the entire book of psalms is to turn God's people from so many things, which they regard as positive, to Christ. Could you say something about this before we join Witness Lee speaking? Well, Matt, I believe what you've just said is quite important for all believers and all non-believers in Christ because the uh, main thing God has in mind for us is not the things that we think are so important and so positive. Even though the things we think of often, like having revival or something like this, these are all very positive things and our personal salvation, all that, but that is not God's main purpose It's not the purpose that is unfolded in these books in Psalms and even in the whole Bible. So I think we'll see today something really centered on God's eternal purpose. Francis, you mentioned a few things there, uh, personal salvation and uh, revival. Let me read the title of today's life study. It's called Christ versus Restoration of God's People, Personal Salvation, and Release from Sufferings. That's the title of this life study, that Christ is versus these three seemingly very positive things, which are, I'll repeat them, the restoration of God's people, personal salvation, and release from sufferings. In fact, Francis, I'm going to read a portion from each one of these three psalms that Christ is versus. Okay, the first one is in Psalm 85. It's verse 4. It says, Restore us, O God, of our salvation, and cause your indignation toward us to cease. Okay, so in Psalm 85, that's the main point there, is praying for restoration. Restoration, yeah. Or praying for revival. And then in Psalm 86, verse 2, it says, Keep my soul, for I am faithful. Save your servant who trusts in you, O you who are my God. So you have the focus there on salvation. Save your servant. Yes. And then the last one, Francis, is in Psalm 88, verses 14 through 17, focused on being saved from suffering. And I'll read those verses. Why, O Jehovah, have you rejected my soul? Why do you hide your face from me? I have been afflicted and about to die. 
since my youth. I bear your terrors. I am overwhelmed. Your fierce anger has gone over me. Your terrors have cut me off. They surrounded me like water all day long. They all together encompassed me. Okay, Francis, so we see that the three things that really Christ is verses in those three Psalms. Now let's go to Witness Lee for the life study, which was originally spoken by him on March 24, 1993. For us to enter into the intrinsic significance of these five Psalms, we need to uh, realize the entire book of Psalms is a book to turn God's people, to turn us away from something which are positive, very positive in our eyes, to Christ. In these five Psalms, 85 to 89, these five Psalms firstly set three kinds of background in which we are mostly caught. We consider those things very positive. What are these three things? The restoration of God's people. Through 20 centuries, the church on the earth always prayed, never stopped for revival, for restoration. Restoration for God's people, corporately speaking. Then secondly, personal salvation. We need to be saved, not only from the hell, from God's eternal condemnation, but also from so many things. We need personal salvation. And thirdly, I think all the Christians pray, 98% for their sufferings. You think about it? If you don't have any suffering, I don't believe you will pray. Do you believe? You have been prayed for three weeks. Christians came. You say, oh Lord. <laughs> you prayed. Without suffering, who prays? These three things. The restoration of God's people, personal salvation, and the release from our continual sufferings. Three Psalms. Psalms 85, 86, and 88 present us these three negative things in the eyes of God. But in our eyes, they are positive. Now, another two Psalms, 87 and 89, presents Christ with uh, God's saints and with God's house and with God's city. Eventually, God's earth. In these two Psalms, 87 and 89, they just cover these four things, Christ, including his saints, then God's house, then God's state, then entire earth. Francis, we've got a contrast here between the three psalms that are seemingly good and the two psalms that show God's purpose. And I'm going to summarize those real quick and then ask you to develop it a little bit. In Psalm 85, there's a cry for restoration of God's people. Psalm 86, there's a cry for personal salvation. Psalm 88, there's a cry for the release from personal sufferings. 
And why is that such a contrast to Psalm 87, which unveils Zion with Christ, loved by God, and in Psalm 89, where Christ is unveiled as God's anointed to possess the entire earth? That is quite a contrast. I think we have really come short in our Christian teachings of what God's real purpose is and what His goal is. God wants to exalt Christ, the God-man, the one who became a man who was eternally God, and He became a man to accomplish God's purpose. We think of it, as you point out, at least in these three areas, we think of it so much personally, what it has to do with me. But not often do we think, what does it have to do with God's purpose, God's goal? So these psalms have really brought out to us that our main concern is not but ourselves, but with God himself and what his purpose is. God wants Christ, he wants the church, and he wants the whole earth. He wants his house, he wants the place to dwell, and he wants to inhabit and occupy the whole earth. Francis, this is a really a good psalm, Psalm 87, this one that shows Zion, it shows Christ. Yeah. And what I'd like to do is, I'm going to read the whole psalm right now. Very good. It's uh, got seven verses. It's not that long. I'm not going to read all of Psalm 89. We'll leave that one to our listeners. That's more than 50 verses. But in Psalm 87, verse 1 says, His foundation is in the holy mountains. Jehovah loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of you, O city of God, Selah. I will make mention of Rahab and Babylon as those who know me. Behold, Philistia and Tyre, along with Cush, this one was born there, they say. But of Zion it will be said, this one and that one were born in her. And the Most High himself will establish her. Jehovah will count when he records the people's This one was born there. Selah. Then singing as well as dancing, they will say, All my springs are in you. Here's Witness Lee. Now we come to uh, Psalm 87. Here you see the desire of God. We all have to see. This psalm is on God's desire. God's desire is on Zion. You know, Zion in the Bible always implies God's house and God's city. Zion is a poetic title of the church. Zion signifies the church universally and locally. This is what? This is Christ with all the saints to be God's house for God's city and for God to gain the whole earth. Then 89, this psalm covers the one, the unique one. And that one, only for that one, God cares. God doesn't care for your sufferings. You may say, well, God is love. Does not God love me? Yes, he loves you a lot. But he doesn't care for this. He cares for the one. The one that was born in Zion, in God's record. The one in Psalm 87 became the one in Psalm 89. 
In 87, Christ was the top one in God's record. Then 89, this Christ becomes the God-anointed one, the God-holy one, the God-mighty one. And he became the firstborn son of God. And he became the highest of all the kings on this earth. And his throne will be like the sun. And his kingdom will be like the moon. And his days will be forever and ever. He will extend his territory to possess entire earth from the sea to the rivers, from the sea, from that sea. Christ will extend his territory to all the rivers. He will possess the earth. God's heart is for Christ with them. God's desire is for this Christ. God saves people for his Christ, for his Zion, for his house, for his city, that one day he will gain the entire earth through Christ with all his overcomers. This is what God is for. Francis, I think that's a really good point to stop. This is what God is for. And I want to develop this because I want to make sure no one misunderstands what Witness Lee's talking about here. I read all of Psalm 87 in its entirety to see that Zion with Christ is loved by God. And now we heard that in Psalm 89, especially in verses 3 and 4, verses 19 through 29, and verses 34 through 37, it unveils the intention of God for Christ his anointed, to possess the entire earth. What's the difference between the seemingly good things mentioned in Psalm 85, 86, and 88, and what we see with Christ, Zion, possessing the entire earth in Psalm 87 and 89? Well, Matt, I think it's obvious from what you've said and what Brother Lee has said that God's purpose is with Christ. You could say, in a way, God is not concerned about our sufferings, God is not bothered about our personal salvation, and he's not too concerned about revival or restoration. These things are all positive in our eyes, and in the eyes of Christians everywhere, they like to think, if we just had a revival, this would solve our problems. Or if they could say, we have to take care of people's personal salvation. Of course, that's in God's heart. And also, God is not after making us suffer, only to transform us. So uh, we have to realize God's purpose is Christ, and God's purpose is the enlargement of Christ, which is the church. And actually, in these Psalms, it talks about Zion. Zion is really God's people corporately. So we'd like to realize that God is interested in Christ and the enlargement of Christ, which is Zion, the church, and also for his inhabiting the whole earth. Christ will come and take over the whole earth. This is God's desire. He wants his Christ magnified and glorified. You know, Francis, as you were speaking, I thought of an example. Uh, someone explained to me once that really helped me. And I think some of our listeners now, they might be stuck on this point that you just said and Witness Lee said, which was, God doesn't care for your salvation. <laughs> it sounds a little bit harsh, but really, 
he does care for your salvation. Yes. But we're stressing the fact that your salvation's not enough. Our salvation is for God's purpose. It's for Christ. It's for Zion. It's for God's building. And eventually, the example that was told to me, which shocked me as a young Christian, someone said, if every person on the whole earth got saved, God's purpose would still not be met. Right. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, it says that you all are living stones. Okay, so if every person on the earth became a living stone, you'd have stones all over the earth. Yes. But they need to be built up because what we see at the end of the Bible is the new Jerusalem with all those stones built up into a building. Yes. And uh, he went further to explain to me, if you're walking down the sidewalk and you see a, a stone in the middle of the sidewalk, what do you do? You kick it. <laughs> kick it. But if you walk down the sidewalk and you see a stone wall, what do you do? Well, you yeah. don't kick it. No. And so right. anyway, that we, we need to be stones that are built up with other stones for God's purpose. And that's the point I think Witness Lee's trying to make here. I think that's right. And I feel like we need to really see that this is, or we will be stuck on our own personal concept about our salvation and about our suffering and about our being restored or revived. This is not God's purpose, although it is included in what God does. He does want us to be saved. Of course, without this, he cannot work on us. Right. And so he wants us to also be his choice ones built up into God's house. So we have to see this whole picture. If we don't see the whole picture, we will be short of what salvation really is. Well, I hope we've made this clear, Francis, so far in the book of Psalms. This is our 32nd program, and if we're not doing a good enough job on the radio, then our listeners for sure need to get a copy of the printed messages, and we'll give that information on how to do that at the end of the program. In the meantime, let's go on to the conclusion of today's life study with Witness Lee, and he's going to summarize the top five psalms in the third book of Psalms, and that would be these top five psalms are Psalm 73, Psalm 80, Psalm 84, Psalm 87, and 89. Here's Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's program. In Psalm Book 3, there are five outstanding psalms. Psalm 73, 80, 84, 87, and 89. Five outstanding psalms. 73, unveiling God as our unique person. Beside you, I don't have anything in heaven, nor anyone on earth. God, I only have you as my portion. Then Psalm 80, unveil Christ as the one in the place of preeminence. If you read that psalm, you could see that psalm gives the preeminence in the whole universe to Christ. Then 84, unveiling Christ at the house of God with the two altars for the sparrows and the sorrows. Sparrows and sorrows are we. We are the sparrows and sorrows, but we enjoy the incarnated triumph God with the two big consummations, the two altars. Psalm 87 Unveiling Zion with Christ, loved by God. That is, the church with Christ and with so many saints, loved by God. Because this then will be 
God's house and will be God's city. That means kingdom. For God to get the entire earth. Then Psalm 89, unveiling Christ as God's anointed to possess the entire earth from where? From the sea to where? To all the rivers. So you could see in Psalm book 3, only 17 Psalms. Out of the 17, five are outstanding, showing us the very God is our unique portion. Then Christ, Amen. then the saints, Amen. then the house, Amen. then the city, the universal church, Amen. and the local aspects. Full of grace, full of fellowship for God to move on to accomplish his eternal economy. This is the intrinsic significance of Book 3. Well, Francis, it's amazing to me to see the intrinsic significance of the Book of Psalms. I think this is unique to Witness Lee's life study. Did you ever understand this intrinsic view before you came across this ministry? Brother Matt, I spent about 20 years of my first years of my life in a denomination. I never heard anything like this. And then I spent nearly 20 years with the brethren. And also, I never heard anything so clear as this, to make it so clear what God's purpose is. So you were close to 40 when you first came across this ministry. I was 41. Wow. Uh-huh. And 40 years before that, not a clue. But 40 years since then, what a joy. <laughs> well, you just dated yourself, Francis. Oh, I'm afraid I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I mean, I appreciate the years of experience that come from the, the gray hair you have there. That's why I like to ask you this question. So 40 years with this ministry yes. have brought you into this intrinsic view. That's right. And I'm very grateful for this. How marvelous to see the Psalms in this light and not to see it from my perspective about my sins, about my revival, about my sufferings. No, it's about God's purpose, God's choice, and God's way of inhabiting the whole earth. It's really a help to get out of the frog-in-the-well syndrome and see that God has a purpose beyond just me. Oh, my. What a liberation. And, you know, what I've found, Francis, is when I take care of God's purpose— even he said that in Matthew six thirty three. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Yes, that's the way to get the benefit of all that God has to say and all of his purpose is to see not the frog in a well, but to see the whole earth under God's plan and purpose. Well, Francis, I hope our listeners today have uh, been able to get out of their own situation, get out of their own desire for revival or personal salvation or freedom from suffering, because I know I find myself in that realm all the time. I hope our listeners today, at least one somewhere, could have that experience and call us and tell us the kind of response they've had. If you're one of those people, we hope that you'd call the number I'm going to give here in a minute. But Francis, we're out of time, so I'm going to have to thank you for coming in. Thank you for allowing me to come in, and I really enjoy seeing God's purpose afresh. The number, if you'd like to get the printed messages, is 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or, like I said, just to tell us that you had a turn in your concept 
to see more of Christ and Zion and God's purpose to gain the whole earth. Amen. We'd love to hear from you. Again, our number is 888-LIFE-STUDY or just send an email to radio at lsm.org. In addition to getting the printed life studies from us, we also have the entire life study available on the internet if you go to our website at lsm.org and just follow the links. It's all available there. We appreciate you listening today and hope you'll tune in for our next program as we go on to Psalm 90. On behalf of Francis Ball, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for listening today. In both the first and last book of the Bible, God presents himself to man as the tree of life. Throughout the Bible, God is portrayed as food for man to eat and life for man to enjoy. In the tree of life, Witness Lee presents a view of God's heart that is little understood and seldom experienced by Christians today, revealing that it is God's desire that we receive Christ experience Christ, and enjoy Christ as our moment-by-moment supply. The Tree of Life from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788.